Hello, and welcome back. Welcome back to Conversation Therapy. First and foremost, I want to give some shout outs. Shout out Vanessa for actually listening to the last episode, as well as Rebecca. Also, shout out to Rebecca's house for getting clean right now, because apparently this is the only way that Rebecca does any chores, is by listening to me drone on uh, for prodigious amounts of time about nothing in particular. So this one's for uh, mostly Rebecca at this point. But to be honest, I was, uh, I've, I've, I've taken some time here, taken some time off, call paternity time, because shout out dads, we're here. Yeah, I think for a long time I was doing this podcast because I wanted a uh, creative outlet. But then since becoming a teacher, I'm, dude, I'm creating all freaking day. I, you just, you turn it on when you're at school and you leave it on all day until you get home, which is exhausting, but it's also, I love it. I love it so much, which is really great. And there's a lot of people that I feel like don't love it. Um... And they should probably stop being teachers, at least within this environment. Because if you just want to go talk to a room, you can do that anywhere. I mean, that's what I'm doing right now. And yeah, I don't get paid for it, but I also don't have uh, middle school kids yelling things at me consistently. So maybe think about that. Anyways, welcome back to Conversation Therapy, a podcast. Uh, I used to say it's a podcast where I talk to people who I think are fun. But right now, life is busy. And I was originally planning to get on here and be goofy and silly, but I'm just kind of chilling right now. I have a couple websites that I'm probably going to use when I have other people with me that are pretty funny. Some good sound effects, some new soundboard stuff. But right now, it feels just like a chill time just to talk and hang out. I'm watching my son sleep in a little swing that swings him around. Dude, imagine it's like... I would absolutely pay money to have one of those that were big enough for me. And that's one of the many things that sucks about becoming an adult. Let's talk adult things for a second. Or maybe more. This might be the most adult podcast that I've ever done. Let's talk about the reply all button and how you should never touch it ever. I don't care what. I don't care what it is. I don't care. You you cannot give me a single reason. Well, you should ever hit reply all, and I will stand by that. I think that's really all that needs to be said. I was going to say more, but like, (sighs) there's no reason. I just remembered, I have a, I have a Gmail for this podcast that I haven't checked in mm, ever. So maybe I should check that right now just to make sure that nobody's just absolutely itching, um, to, uh, absolutely itching uh, to hear something that I uh, have ignored. And they're trying to get me to put a recovery and phone number on there. Like, no, this is not that big of a deal. Just tell me uh, if there's any emails. I, don't, I can't believe I'm wasting 30 seconds doing this when there's not going to be any emails. Oh, there's two from Google. Shout out. Uh, huge fan, apparently. Uh, and there's one from Rebecca, again, 
another shout out from September 6 in 2021 saying give us new episodes or give us death um how about both how about um nuclear war and you get to listen to a new episode while the world ends speaking of which there was that one movie this is actually the reason why I started recording this initially I was uh sitting on the toilet uh doing my business as well as uh watching tiktok as you do and i went from a video that made me laugh very hard uh which was of cows mooing with different voice effects which was hilarious saved it to my favorites uh and then i went straight from that into this lady talking about how she was in the hospital She's uninsured in the U.S. And she was in the hospital for 32 hours. And she had like something ridiculous, like hundreds of thousands or maybe even a million dollars in medical bills that got sent to her. And she was like, follow if you want to see me, call the hospital back and ask them why they charged me $106 for two two Tylenol. And it like, I think I'm recognizing that so much of life is balance and i feel like the the algorithms that make up our lives the algorithms that make up our lives have found that balance for each individual person right so for me i enjoy some level of like cynic depressive talk about the world and how it exists today and other people don't like that at all And other people, that's all they want to see, right? People who are either very conservative or very liberal and they they stack themselves on those sides. They love to see all the stuff that supports their worldview, right? Their own, you know, cognitive bias and all the confirmation bias that exists there. And so TikTok will keep feeding those people exactly how much of that that they want to see. And it turns out for those people, it's a lot. For me, I, my balance... And maybe this is just the most, like if you program AI or anything, this is probably the most basic take ever. And it's really just me thinking about stuff. But the way that the algorithm works for for everyone is it feeds you the balance of what you want to see. And it's interesting how the algorithm on any given day kind of determines who I am. Right? It determines what I what kind of person I'm going to be that day. Not in the sense of like, it doesn't determine my values, but we all have good days and bad days. And on any day, we could be on any sort of a sliding scale between one and 100. And based on what I see and what I hear, that could determine my sliding scale. It could determine how I'm feeling or what I'm thinking about. And then by extension, how I'm interacting with other people and other ideas. And because the algorithm has figured me out so well, it could probably even do like predict I'm sure I'm behind the times on this but I bet the algorithm could predict like depressive episodes within people to an alarming degree and probably if a person's going to commit suicide like that kind of stuff right and so that is a way that this is all I'm just verbally processing right now and I'm sure that somewhere out there this has happened and there are good and bad people and I'm sure that somebody has used some type of artificial intelligence and and algorithm to make people do what they want to do, right? The whole inception type deal. And this is like, 
again i feel like this is the most basic take because of course that's happening it's like that's all that social media is that's all that branding and marketing is and unfortunately because uh our society values money over almost anything else for the most part the algorithm and other things of that nature are being used to make us want to buy things and for me that crap works dude like it is so interesting how i was thinking today how all these different hobbies that i enjoy right i used to love magic the gathering and i still enjoy it i just don't get to play it as much and you can spend lots of money on that collectible card game but i don't do that anymore so i don't get ads for magic anymore and i used to not used to in certain seasons of my life i have need for woodworking and i love woodworking and so when i do that i would get a bunch of ads for different tools and things of that nature but i'm not doing that right now i don't have need for that and so those ads don't show up as much right now recently i've been reading books right i ruined my attention span with social media and other things for so long just an insane amount of time that i spent just like forcing my attention span to be shorter and shorter and shorter to the point to where I initially I asked for this series of books the Aragon series of books the inheritance cycle uh, great books by oh I'm gonna forget his name Paolini is the last name I'm gonna forget his first name but Aragon Aldous Brissinger and Sephira or and in inheritance are the uh, the four books and I love those books as a kid. And I'm like, well, I should reread them. So I asked for those books and I got them for Christmas. And I tried to read the first one and I couldn't make it past like 10 pages. I was getting so bored. It's like, man, this sucks. I love these books. I wonder if there's a good version of them online. So I found a good version of them online to listen to. And I listened to the first one and half of the second one. And I was getting frustrated because I can read faster than they can talk. Humble brag. Not really. I think that's true for most people. Like, I could read the stuff faster than they could, like, read it out loud. And so I started reading it because one of my favorite chapters was coming up. For those of you uh, people who are really into those books, it is the chapter in Eldest when Aragon's back gets healed um, when he is in Elismira with the elves. Love that chapter. Great chapter. Kind of the culmination of a lot of different things in those books. And so I read ahead to get to that chapter. And I was stoked when I read it. Then I was like, oh, man, I'm really enjoying reading this chapter. And I have really been struggling to force myself to read for a long time. So I read through that whole chapter. And then I continued reading instead of listening. And I read through that book and the next book and the next book. And then I was done. And then there's another book, apparently. Uh, the Fork, the Witch, and the Worm, which is Other Tales from Allegasia. And I, this is getting real nerdy. All of this to say, I loved reading in the, an extended form when I was young. And I'm happy that I'm like working back to that now because I really loved, I read through all those books. And those books are like pushing a thousand pages each, right? Those are long, long books. Um, and I, I finished all those. And then now I have recently started... Um, the Way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. And I, I'm i a huge fan of those books. Well, no, no, no. Let me rephrase. 
I'm a huge fan of the fact that I'm reading more fantasy books. And I like those books so far. I'm like maybe 10 or 20 pages into it right now. Um, and those books, that is a series of books that spans thousands and thousands of pages. I think each book in and of itself is a lot. But then back to the original conversation about trying to make me want to buy things. I had a friend who used a Kindle a few years ago. And he always talked about how much he loved his Kindle. And I was like, yeah, maybe I'll get a Kindle. And so I started looking at Kindles and I get started getting ads for Kindles and all this stuff. Um, because buying books is expensive, man. I bought that one book because I really wanted it. And we were state testing at school, so I needed something to do while the kids were just quiet. And so I bought that book and I got it the next day, but it was 10 bucks, And I was done with it in literally like two days. I'm like, that's, a, that's too fast. I need to have a more sustainable way of enjoying the hobby of reading. There's a lot of books, too. So I looked up, like, Kindle Unlimited, but, like, all the books that I was looking for were not provided by Kindle Unlimited. You, like, pay 10 bucks a month, and then Kindle gives you a library of books or whatever. Just, like, Audible-ish. And so I was like, well, shoot, I don't want to get Kindle Unlimited. And also a Kindle, like, that's already, like... If you get a, you can get a cheap old Kindle for like 10 bucks, but it's probably going to suck. So if you get like a new Kindle, it's going to be like $100 plus $10 a month. I'm like, how long would it take me if I'm buying, you know, if I'm reading a thousand page book, let's say one every month, right? Let's go on average. And those books are going to cost me at least, let's go cheap. Let's go 20 bucks, 20 bucks for one month. And I could do that every month. And when would I make my money back? This is a math equation I don't really feel like doing, but I could, right? So 100 plus 10x equals 20x, right? 20 times x amount of months. I could do that. Maybe I will just do that. Because 5 and the other one would be 150 versus 100, and then 160, 100, and then 120, then 170, 140, 180, and... That's eight months, and then 160, 190, 180, 200, and 200. So it's 200. Yeah, right. I could have done that. that's 10. In 10 months, I would have made my money back. Wow. This is nobody's ever gonna listen to this. And I really don't care. In 10 months, I would have made my money back. Right. If that's assuming I'm buying a $20 book every month. Um, and that Kindle Unlimited had all the books that I wanted for 10 months and I didn't have to buy any other books but then really 10 months from now there's probably going to be a new there's probably a new Kindle every year right so that's kind of a waste of time and so shout out Katrina she recommended this website that has like every book imaginable on it and you can download the books for free and now I can read them on my phone using whatever like iBooks or whatever garbage version of books Apple used oh boy my son just sneezed out his pacifier in this swing and he may or may not go back to sleep either way I want to keep talking right so I'm like I'm not going to buy a Kindle now but I am reading those books so Brandon Sanderson The Way of Kings is like 3,000 pages on my phone, but my phone is a very small screen. I can't tell if he's going to pacify and soothe himself or not. My son's a really good baby so far. 
I might have to go snag him. I am. I'm gonna pause. I'll be right back. Give me a sec. We're back. Anyways, all of that to say... All of that to say that... The algorithm is so good at making me want to spend money that they almost made me buy a Kindle that I guarantee would have been a waste of money in the long run. And that was after getting back into reading for like a month, if that, but like, like a couple of weeks. And so, I don't know. There's a lot of potential in all this technology stuff. At the end of the day, I don't really care. I do what I don't. So, yeah. This has been a very peaceful season of life for me in many ways, right? And it's that seems kind of counterintuitive considering I just had my first child. And obviously you get less sleep. And I'm teaching at Akron Public Schools, right? A very an inner city school environment where students are. Uh, peaceful is... I don't even know if they know what that word means, genuinely. And that's not like a joke, because it could be like a ha-ha, but like, no. I work with students who can oftentimes not really read that well. And so, when a student is particularly annoying to me, I will uh, go and talk to the principal and say, hey, I just need you to humanize this student in my mind. Like, tell me what's going on in their life. And every time except for one, they've been able to um, tell me some, some difficulties that that student may be facing in their life that has helped me to kind of humanize them and not want to hate them, right? Because they're just a kid, right? You're 13, you're 12, right? You're going to be a turd. And that is what it is. I was a turd when I was that age, but that is, they are, they're, they're terrible. They're really mean sometimes. And there's, I mean, it's, I don't, I don't care about their opinions genuinely. And it's like, I, there are times that make me want to care about what they have to say, but I really don't. This is a very disjointed podcast because it's just me expressing what I'm thinking. Let's talk about being a dad. That's about all I have to say about it. I don't know how people talk about that for so long. Like at this point, I'm like, I don't know. Like, yeah, it, it is. I, I think it's because I have an easy baby. Right, so my life, right now he's just sleeping in a swing. And he fussed a little bit because he sneezed and his pacifier came out. And I went and I put his pacifier back in and put my hand on his chest for a little bit while he was swinging and then he was chill. And now he's back to sleep. Right, he's a good baby. And so I'm able to kind of function normally in my life right now. Which is nice. I enjoy that. Um, but there is a certain level of like... I just don't understand. I think it's because so many people get into parenthood before they're ready, which is the reason why it's really easy to talk about that together. It's the same kind of conversations that I don't enjoy about like school, where you have two teachers talking and just complaining the whole time about all the students that they hate and the things that are frustrating to them. The administration doesn't do like all this garbage is not helpful. You're just complaining. And that's what I feel like a lot of the parenting conversations end up being, where it's like, hey, let's talk about this thing. Let's talk about why we don't like doctors or why we uh, are frustrated with the way that our kids act. And it's like, yeah, it's good to have a certain level of, like, if you have no feelings and you're not, like, you're not actually being a human, 
but if all if you're just expressing your frustrations and that's it like maybe you got into parenting too early and obviously this is a very privileged perspective considering that i had the ability to control when i was going to have my child and the response to that is well you could just not have sex and blah 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 blah, blah and you can never have a kid if you don't ever have sex and it's like well sex is just part of life right like that is our our bodies the same people who believe that our bodies are designed to want to have sex are the people that say that you shouldn't have sex uh if you're not going to have a kid it's like well let's assume for a moment that we were designed to want that with like every fiber of our being why are you saying that people should not have sex forever until they're married like that doesn't make a lot of sense because the design like there's a design flaw there then because people want to have sex so fast like middle school and middle schoolers are not ready to have a kid in today's society and so if we are designed then there is a design flaw there <sighs> and we should have evolved uh oh he said the word he said the baddie paul my son is having bad dreams i don't know whether i'm gonna go over there or not i think i'm not he's chill anyways i don't know how people talk about being a parent for so long i guess you can talk about each different age of your kid and stuff like that but that's like for me it just kind of is what it is like i don't want to just sound like i'm some not involved parent because i feel like i am very involved uh, obviously, I can't be the person to say that specifically. Ooh, I bet you guys can hear that. Ooh. And we're back. I pulled Matthias out of his swing, and now he's here in my lap, so you'll be able to hear it even more if he loses his mind. Anyways, all of that to say, I am very at peace with where I am in life right now, which is a very beautiful thing to be able to say, because not everybody is. Right? Not everybody is at peace with either having kids or not having kids or with their job or with their spouse or with their religion i am at peace right now which feels really good and part of that for me the word deconstruction is a thing that i have said a lot in the past and that has kind of become a buzzword within the christian community Maybe it's because I'm just a turd, but I don't like uh, doing something everybody else is doing. Right? Maybe it's because I feel like I'm a hipster in that way. But like the deconstruction thing is, it feels <laughs> how ironic of a white guy to say that something is being appropriated. You're gonna talk about deconstruction. And this is something that they've said at my church recently. It's like, oh, it's good to deconstruct certain things about the church. Let's have those conversations about deconstructing all these bad things about the church. Like, bitch, no, I want to deconstruct the entire church. The church is not biblical. Being in ministry is not biblical. Living life is biblical. But you can twist words around and make it so that you can have a good salary as a pastor and have these buildings doing some random stuff that doesn't even matter for the most part. And the response is always, it's the same response that they used to justify people who like in ministry did terrible things, right? Who were terrible to people. 
and either sexually assaulted or uh, any number of other horrible things that people in ministry do. And they say, well, let's not let that take away from everything that they did when they were in ministry. It's like, no, that takes it away. And that's okay to take that away. There are enough people out there that we can forget about Ravi Zacharias and all these other people that did terrible things in their in, in their time alive. We can just pretend they don't exist, and that's okay. Right? Just because you built a ministry around your name doesn't mean that you like get a free pass when it comes to being terrible to other people. Deal with it. Um But I mean, obviously, none of these are hot takes. This is just me talking. I am at peace right now with where I am in my faith journey. And that's not a thing that people who are very conservative Christian would like to hear. Um, Because where I am at is not in a place where, according to my previous beliefs, where I would be saved. Right? That's kind of a tough thing for people to hear, is that I'm at peace with that. Um... But it is what it is, right? Like, you are not going to be able to change my mind by trying to force me to believe how you believe. Um, anyway, the deconstruction thing. People in the church want you to deconstruct the things that they see as bad, right? Deconstruct the bad things about the church. Deconstruct this, deconstruct that. But, like, at a fundamental level, they do not actually want you to deconstruct anything. They don't want you to change they're like change your beliefs about the things that i also don't like it's like well no what if i start to say it doesn't matter if jesus is a literal person it doesn't affect how i live doesn't affect my belief if jesus is a literal person or if he does never existed if he were simply allegory then we lose our minds because of the Westminster Catechism and the Nicene Creed and all these other things. I don't know why I went country there. When it should have been very nerdy. The Westminster Catechism and the Nicene Creed. Every every theology bro that I ever met at Moody was doing the same garbage right there. Don't no one cares about your theology. No one cares. It doesn't even matter. Anyways, I. And more at peace than I've ever been. And I think that's the first thing that's leveled at people who are who deconstruct the things that Christians don't want them to deconstruct. It's like, well, who are you mad at? Is this church hurt or are you mad at God? Something bad happened. It's like, no, I don't have to be mad to think that this promise of ultimate fulfillment um, like, is not a helpful thing. Right? It leaves no room for the gray areas of life. And it echoes hollow in my mind. Right? Ultimate fulfillment at the end of all things is it, everything else pales in comparison to that. In the same way that everything else pales in comparison to um, all like, all, like eternal punishment. Right? You can justify anything if I'm trying to stop somebody else from getting eternal punishment. You can justify anything if the end result is ultimate fulfillment. And that is not a helpful thing to have in life. Right? You, there should be no system of belief in which anything can be justified. That is a cult. Uh... I have notes that I wrote while I was listening to some stuff. Yeah, this isn't about how the church hurt me. My distance from serving the church has given me the chance uh, to process through these things, which has been very helpful, right? These things that would have made me lose my job if I processed through them before, I can now actually process through them, right? And this is, these are things that happened a year or two ago. Maybe more than that. 
it's been a few years since I was serving in the church. Um, and then there is just this fundamental, easily deconstructed idea about salvation. Salvation implies that I need to be saved. From what do I need to be saved? It's not Satan, right? Satan is not the one punishing me. It's not myself. I need to be saved from God. He is the one punishing me. And it would seem that if I am living within a system designed by God, and I have to be saved from this system designed by God, that the system that I am living in is indentured servitude. If that, I mean, it's honestly more slavery than anything else because it's coercion based on the promise of eternal torture i I agree matthias it's not a very fun thing right eternal punishment for finite actions cannot be just it inherently cannot (sighs) the next thought and this is another thought that Christians don't want you to deconstruct. This is a hard one for them to be jiving with when you say no, uh, is the idea of I'm not going to give credit to God for good things and not give credit to him for bad things as well. Right? There has to be this dichotomy within every person who believes that uh, because they're either willfully uh, ignoring or neglectfully ignoring uh, the disparity of their viewpoints uh, or they are stupid, right? Like they are, they are not thinking about the true reality of things, right? If I say that good things come from God and bad things come from somewhere else, like, no, God created everything. And you say, well, we brought in the bad. No, that, no, you can't get rid of all of these things, right? Paradoxes are things that we are taught to believe within Christianity. Like you have to believe these paradoxes in order for this faith to make sense. It's like, well, maybe if I have to believe something that inherently doesn't make sense, the faith probably shouldn't make sense, right? And then you can be like, well, that's why faith. No, no, it's not faith because of paradoxes, right? That's not good faith, right? That's that's not a helpful faith. That's that's a, the only the only faith the only thing that that faith helps is the institution of christianity it does not help the individual right faith that i can trust in god even though things are bad right now right that is that is not a faith that helps me that hurts me right that that is a faith that is not helpful to the individual that helps churches to get people to continue giving money even though bad things are happening in their lives and they don't have enough money to give boy am i sounding cynical Sorry for anybody listening to this who knows me and that doesn't want to hear these things, but it's just what is it's where my head's at. Um, yeah, over all these things, I'm like at peace, right? My beliefs and thoughts are no longer these dichotomies and these paradoxes that I have to accept, rather simple realities that make sense on the fundamental level, and I am at peace, and I love it, right? At the end of the day... What I, what I used to believe was the good news is not really good news at all. Um, instead, the good news is that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't like those. <laughs> if God is good, then at the end of all things, 
he's not going to care about some specific belief, uh, but rather the summation and totality of the ways that we interacted with the world that he created. And I can hear all the people, all the Bible people talking about having to believe in Jesus as a salvific practice. Because you can't be saved by doing all these other things and blah, 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 blah. Dichotomies and paradoxes abound. But at the end of the day, God talks about it all the time in the scripture. It doesn't really matter what you say you believe. It matters what you do. Right? And you can find as many scriptures to say that faith without works is dead as you can to say that uh, you are not saved by what you do, but rather by your faith. Right? The Bible is confusing and convoluted throughout. And you can do as much study of the ancient scriptures as you want to do. But at the end of the day, all that matters is how those affect the way that we treat each other. And if it turns you into a dick, then I'm not your friend. Um, And that involves, or that includes, um, that includes a lot of different things that I don't know if I want to get to now. Um, A lot of these conversations are better had in person. And this is a very one-sided conversation, obviously. I don't think that's very helpful. Right? Like I can I can say things until I'm blue in the face, but the reality is that I'm not going to change anyone's minds here. You're either going to agree with me or disagree with me. Um, and I would love to have actual conversations about these things with people rather than talk to a room that has myself and my baby son and a cat. Oh, man, I really do love my life right now. I think that's where I'm going to end this, right? It's it's a beautiful thing to be able to be at peace. And I am very at peace right now. And I'm going to go and I'm going to read this book off my phone and not buy anything. And I encourage each and every one of you to not let anyone else or anything else determine who you are going to be and how you are going to feel on any given day. Go out and go fishing, huh? Have a good time. Go read a book. Go pet a cat. Have a kid if you want to. Or don't if you don't. And don't mess, don't be annoying to people who have the opposite opinions. I don't know. Have a great day. <laughs>